0: Hi, it's Jasmine, you know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! I'm loving the principles of pleasure. So I'm browsing through Netflix and I see this really pretty rose. I'm like, oh, it looks like a vagina almost. What is that? Then I had a friend come over just to hang out. I'm explaining to him that I have to watch this. I want to see it. And he thought there was some idea that I wanted to hook up with him. I'm like, like I saw the look in his eyes. I knew I was in trouble, but I, I kicked him out. He's like too old. He's like 29 freaking years old. But oh. Have you received any feedback at all from the program? It's so helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I mean, the first day it came out, people were watching it. I've gotten messages from all over the world, from Turkey, Germany, Brazil, France, um, the Philippines. Like People have been really receptive. I've had folks come into the shop where I work and... People who are regulars coming in because I work at a sex shop and like congratulating me, but also people like coming in, um, not even because they knew I worked there, but because the show inspired them to like go get a new toy or buy their first toy. And then I'm there. I had that experience yesterday. Someone was like, oh, my God, you're here. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I just watched the show and like and you're here. (laughs) So it's been it's been really great so far like it's been a lot of good feedback a lot of people saying they feel seen they learn stuff um yeah
0: it's it's been really good yeah i thought it was very interesting because you're stuck on there like i didn't even know i'm like okay well you know that's interesting yeah so i hope it educated a lot of people especially guys because i don't think guys really fully understand everything right and what has your reception so far been for men? And what would you say your goal was coming into this?
1: Let's see. I've, I've heard, mostly I've heard like that, like the men in my life have watched it and enjoyed it and like felt like they learned something from out in the world. A lot of men are telling me like, I watched it with my wife or I watched it with my girlfriend or I even watched it alone. I had one person say like they watched it with a bunch of their guy friends and that it was really like mind opening, but also like, what? It was a lot of like, oh my God, we aren't doing the best we can be doing. And and then I'm sure there's going to be people who are just like, oh, you know, they have, we have naysayers and whatnot, but I do feel like the men that are watching it and encouraging other men to watch it are getting something out of it in a way that they feel like it'll make you a better partner and a, and a better lover. And so I really love that too, that even though it's not focused on, you know, male anatomy, that they're still learning things and figuring stuff out. And I mean, there's, there is stuff in there that's just about bodies period. So I think that's super amazing that people are learning things that they didn't know about their bodies via, you know, this
0: documentary on Netflix. And what was your end goal in doing this? Um, I. I mean, I don't know, cause you know,
1: not that I don't know, but when you know, when you film things, like I'm, I was just like a sex sexpert, you know, part of it. They had started talking to me at the beginning, like right after lockdown happened in New York, um, and it was, you know, we were talking about things. They were still finding people to participate. They had no idea when we were going to start filming or anything, um, and I just like the idea, like they, the, the they presented to me was this idea of, you know, a documentary about pleasure and about, you know, what's missing and the science and all of these things. And I was like, yes, I definitely want to be a part of this. And so they mostly interviewed me about like my, my specialty and like what I would be interested in talking in. So I had no idea like what the end product was going to be, but I am a big proponent of like trying to make and take things that are seen as taboo and get them more in the mainstream and not to like make them lose the thing that makes it what it is. But I feel like the more people see things, it becomes it's normal. It's not weird or like, Oh, that's not a thing we talk about. So that was my goal is to be a part of something. Um, Even though I had no idea what it was going to look like, you know, we all had to film separately because of COVID we filmed the middle of 2020. So I didn't see anybody else who was on it. I only knew of a couple people that they were talking to. I didn't know who was going to end up ultimately being in it. I didn't know what it was going to look like nothing. Like they told us we, did, we had a mild idea of what this was about, but we had no idea, like the full package, what it was going to be.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Especially all the toys. I have to ask you where you work in New York city. I yeah, grew up in New York. In a, I knew like a lot of the sex
1: shops. <laughs> yeah. I work in a small woman owned boutique shop called Shag. Um, and a lot of those toys came from Shag. We, we always, we have testers and we keep things even when we're, they get discontinued or we don't sell them just for this purpose. Cause a lot of movies like to ask for loaners or things they can use as props. So a lot of those products came from Shag. Um, and then I also had my own personal like toy bag with me that day. So yeah, it was. was a
0: lot of fun stuff but people have been like what's this what's this and i'm like sorry they don't make that anymore (laughs) it's one of a kind you could always redo like your own and have your like lola toys specifically from the show i I noticed during the pandemic um i get all these emails from lelo the swedish company yeah i was Mm -hmm. like well i wonder if a lot of people are masturbating during the pandemic or Are they like going on Tinder? So one friend of mine in London said people were going on Tinder. It was like lighting up left and right. (laughs) Did you have your shop open? Like, did you have any part of your shop open even for mail order during this whole pandemic? Yeah, we did. We were doing delivery. We couldn't be open as a brick and mortar.
1: It wasn't considered, you know, necessity, but we could be open for delivery and, um, Once things were open for curbside, we were able to do, like, courier service and, like, Uber and stuff. People could send cars to pick things up. So, thankfully, the owner lives in the neighborhood and was able to, like, go in and take care of the, you know, packages that needed to get put together and then shipped out. And that kept us afloat along with a very kind landlord (laughs) because I know a lot of people did not make it through the pandemic because of that. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, we... I didn't go back to the shop until Christmas, 2020. That was my first time like working again in the shop. And it was, bananas. The it was our best holiday season we've ever had. It was better than any of our past Valentine's day, which is like our ultimate money time. Like we, and it started early. It started early enough for her to say, Hey, would you want to come back for a couple weeks just to help me with but with Christmas, because it's out of hand already. And it was, it was really busy. Um, So people were very like, as we were slightly opening up to a degree, people were ready. It was, (laughs) and and I'll say across the board, I think the sex toy industry, a lot of people reported it being a very good time for sex toys.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was. (laughs) I mean, I was on testosterone cream around that time for just for like um, strength and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't think during a pandemic is the best time to be taking um, HRT for that matter. Right. It's really a bad, bad time. It's not, <laughs> <helpful. laughs> not going to help. It's not going to help. Yeah, it does not help. And that's, it's just a very interesting line of work that you're in. And what, it, like as a child, were you very sexually curious? Like what made you get into any of this?
1: Yeah, I was always like super curious. I have like I went through some assault as a as a young child, and you know, a product of that can be hypersexuality for me, it manifested in like the curiosity and like wanting to deep dive into it. When you're like seven, what does that look like? So it's like whatever you can get your hands on. I remember finding my grandpa's corn stash and like being excited because I was reading, like he had the books with the, where people wrote like their letters and wrote about their sexual things. And I was just like, wow, that's a thing, that's a thing, wow. And I would sneak like the drugstore dirty books, I would sneak them um, and read them like Flowers in the Attic was one of my favorite books because you could get it at your school's library, <laughs> and it was <laughs> sexy. It was like dirty stuff and, and all the things. So I was that kid. I was a kid like staying up late and watching Skinemax and <laughs> watching like late night HBO. Um, yeah, and it was just always like fascinating to me. And it was you know what my body's response was to things and like what is happening. And at that point, I didn't know. And I remember being very excited. When the sex ed portion came around when we were in like the fifth, sixth grade and being very disappointed that all they were telling us about was periods. I was like, this is not what I wanted to learn about. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I think nowadays it's a lot different. I, I don't know how graphic they get, but they get pretty graphic from what I understand these days. <laughs> yes, No,
1: it depends on the school. It depends on, and they're not, they're not even really getting graphic. They're just talking about body parts and they're talking about, pleasure and what happens to your body, but they're not doing that everywhere. It's, it's a lot of places don't allow it. They're still only doing really about reproduction and STDs and not touching on pleasure. Um, not telling kids how to really, I mean, they might touch on using condoms and things, but a lot of times they're just trying to scare them out of, using you know having sex period it's very abstinent space in a lot of places across the U.S. so we still have a lot of work to do everywhere which is for me is why I focus on adults because we have people becoming adults who know nothing about their bodies at all as far as pleasure is in you know yeah trust
0: yeah. me yeah I yeah I just it's very it's sort of embarrassing in a way to watch something like that and like oh okay wait a second I'm how old and wait I've done what okay. Yeah. And I still don't get it. I guess like in porn, it's so different because you're not really like that pleasured, Like you lead on people to believe, you know, and it's just this whole like magic trick in a way mm-hmm. it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a whole other world. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of men have a lot to learn from this. I had an argument with a guy a few weeks ago about squirting. So He's like, no, it's a female ejaculation. I said, no, I think it's urine. I honestly feel it's urine because it's hitting like all the way up there in the urethra. What exactly is going on during this whole sporting process? Like now I'm curious.
1: (laughs) It's not urine. It's just, it's a liquid. It's the same kind of like as, as they talked about in the principles of pleasure, like we all start out the same and then our parts change and move into different places after two weeks. So the same area, the prostate and the urethral sponge, those are both areas in the body that get it's the same material and tissue. It's like right around um, the bladder area. It secretes a liquid. And so for people that are being, you know, stimulated on that area because it's you're not, it's not really like a spot. It's that you're pressing against this thinner area um, and touching your inner clitoris. But because it is that sponge helps secrete a liquid and it's right on your urethra, it's right by your bladder, like everything's right there. That's why you feel like you have to pee because it's stimulating that area. And then that liquid is what's it's the ejaculate. So it's like when when men ejaculate, it's not just sperm. It's the, that liquid from the prostate mixing with um, semen and then creating ejaculate. And it comes out of the same hole. And we don't say they're peeing. We understand that they're having an orgasm. So it's it's the same thing. But not everybody does it. You know, it's not everybody's bodies are capable. And it's it doesn't mean anything one way or another. It's like if you want to go for it because it's fun. I say do it if you want to try
0: it, but yeah. That's interesting. And is your family supportive of what you're doing? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like my sister just texted me the other day to like ask me, she's like, how's it going? What's happening? Um, Have you been getting any feedback? Like they're very proud and cheering me on and she's been one of my biggest supporters and my mom, you know, is super proud of, of it. So I think, that they may not, I think my sister understands more of, of what I do than like my mom, but
0: <laughs> so she may not understand completely what I do, but she's proud of me. What is your thought on the Lalo toys by any chance? Cause I think we yeah. have so many of them out there and it's like always the new and improved this or that. And it's yeah. not really that much of a difference. Um, I mean, I think they're a good company that they make a quality toy
1: uh, I think that their, their angle is to be a luxury toy. I don't think that everybody needs to have, has to aim for luxury. I mean, if it's a thing you want, right. Like if it's a thing you want and it's something you want to treat yourself with great. But I think that there are a lot of quality toys out there. Um, but they, you know, there's reasons why they're expensive. Like they have a great warranty. There's all these different things that make Layla what it is. But at the same time, it does irk me a little bit that that's what people know. And it's because they have money. They have money to put themselves in a position to uh, market in like main, more mainstream avenues than other sex companies, sex toy companies do. And so they get to be the name that people know. And I always tell people, I'm like, listen, don't spend, that should not be your first vibrator. Don't go out and spend $200 on something you might hate. And it's not to say never buy a Lalo, It's find something that's a similar shape, that's gonna elicit a similar sensation. That costs you like thirty to fifty dollars. Because if you hate it, you didn't like spend half your paycheck. If you you know love it, you can upgrade. And I tell people that all the time because I have you know I people are like what's the best and I'm like best is relative. It could be the best for this person but not for you. It might be the best for me and and not for that person like. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's, you know, it's not like a refrigerator <laughs> where people are like, what's the best refrigerator and you can quantify it. It's like, no, because you have to think about your body and like how something's going to work with you. And And this thing that might be amazing for a thousand people might suck for you. And then you're sitting there feeling broken or like, what's wrong with me that this works for so many other people and it doesn't work for me. So I try to get people out of that mindset of like, what's the best or you know, I want it because it's popular and that's fair. It's because it's what you know, but like, also is this going to be something that's good for your body?
0: I feel like you should be speaking at um, like joint bachelor and bachelorette parties, perhaps, yeah. or like some form of like pre um, pre-marital sex therapy, if that makes any sense. I don't know yeah. if you need some kind of a degree. Like maybe a certificate for it, but you I think it'd be perfect. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I've done, I've done bachelorette parties. I've done bachelor parties. I've never done a joint party. That would be fun to do. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, I, 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 think we've been pitted against one another for so long and really it's that neither of, you know, when you're dealing with like a couple man men, woman couple, they're coming into it without education. You're coming into it without education of your own body and for a lot of you know women cis women it becomes this thing of like i've never touched myself i don't know what to do but you think that somebody who barely learned about their body and they definitely didn't learn about you know vulvas and clitorises are going to magically know how to work your body and so i think it's like this thing where everybody's just like ha huh, and not really making any progress so that's what i love about the what was documentary i was like what was the word the documentary is that we're kind of saying like, hey, here's some stuff you want to know about yourself. And hey, here's something you might want to know about the people who you are in relationships with. Because um, people don't learn how to touch themselves or what feels good. I mean, I've, I've had many an older woman. And when I say older, I'm like 60, 70 coming in to buy their first vibrator, never had an orgasm in a marriage for however long. And their partner died and they were like, he was great. And I loved him and I felt guilty telling him I wasn't having an orgasm. So I faked it. And now I want to take care of myself before I die. Like I, that was a literal conversation I had with this woman. And it was just heartbreaking, but also amazing that she was like, no, I'm doing this. Like, I'm not too old. Like I can, I can go take care of myself. But we shouldn't be waiting that long, right? We shouldn't be living these whole lifetimes without pleasure and then waiting for somebody to die so we don't hurt their feelings. <laughs> and then going to seek out pleasure.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, any anyone watch anyone listening, please make sure, especially the ladies, if there is a guy there, just make sure it's someone that you might want to have sex with, and not just like throw out. Because you got to stay focused on it. Because right. I'm telling you, it's very, it's a very uh, curious, it's it's a very interesting thing. You know, when you have a guy in the room, and all of a sudden they see you watching this, they automatically think, hey, she wants to have sex with me. It's like, no, I've got to freaking watch this. It's my homework. Right. Yeah, but I well, think it's, it's a great moment show. like, hey, this isn't necessarily
1: a Netflix and chill moment. It's like a yeah. learning moment. Um, I mean, if you've already seen it and you want to like leave it on as your Netflix and chill moment, go for it. But yeah, yeah it is a moment of like, let's pay attention to this because it's gonna, you know, be better. And I like that's why I love they broke it up into like three different episodes so that it's not this long, you know, three hours that you'd have to sit through. You can like
0: come back to it. Yeah. And then I also looked up that you have a review as well.
1: Oh yeah. Sex ed a go-go. So that is my live sex ed Q and a and go-go review, or actually just, you know, just a review because we've had other things besides go-go um, that was pre pandemic. I'm trying to bring it back this summer, but that was like my live show where the audience could ask anything they wanted um, anonymously. People wrote down their questions and we made it fun and funny, and we had performances in between. And we tried to make it very entertaining, but also a learning moment. So it was like you're getting the information you'd be getting from a documentary or a class, but you're getting it in like a bar setting, and you're having to drink and you're hanging out with friends. Um, it was a good time, and I definitely want to bring you back.
0: So you guys had like go go dancing as well. Is that what? Yeah, we did. Okay. So I, what I did is
1: uh, it would be myself, a guest, and then the performer would also be a part of answering questions. Because I always said, listen, some of the most amazing, smartest people I know are sex workers, burlesquers, strippers. Like they have great heads on their shoulders and probably more degrees than half of you in this room. And so I would have them in to like answer like the questions, um, chime in on things. And then we'd have like a little break and they'd do like a performance so we've had we had like a ballerina, we've had a burlesque dancer, we've had um, you know uh, drag kings and drag queens. It's it's been a wonderful you know gambit of a show, and it's also to like keep it sexy and bring people in and have them have that like moment of like oh this is fun and sexy and I'm in the mood. And when people get a little drunk and they see a half naked you know person, they're like okay, they let the questions fly. People get really vulnerable and bold, um, but it's great because they're writing it down. So it's not, you know, I mean, and it's it's funny because sometimes you also have people that'll go like, that was me. That was my question. <laughs> I want, I want everybody to know, or I want this person that I'm with to know I'm asking this question.
0: That's so awesome. It sounds like something that would be really good at the um the Museum of Sex which is yeah, one of my favorite places. Like I grew up in the city, like in the eighties and like the nineties, it was so different then mm-hmm. than what it is now. And the museum of sucks when that opened up, I was so happy, but I feel like they missed out so many really cool things. And this would fit like right up there.
1: Yeah. The I would love that from your <laughs> mouth to their ears.
0: <laughs> yeah. From, yeah. From our mouths of their ears, you yeah. have to do this. Now, when we're done, I'll give you my friend, my contact there because I think that would be amazing. And like the work you're doing is great. How do you think a lot of schools, because here's the thing, a lot of parents are battling. I'm not a parent by any any means, but they're battling with the fact that you leave your kid with strangers to raise them for like eight hours of the day. Mm -hmm. How do you think these types of lessons or not all of them, but some of them could be um, taught to teenagers in a safe space? I mean, you just keep
1: it simple. Like, I think we have to separate talking about sexuality as being sexual. I think that you can tell people the same way you tell people how a uterus ro- works. And we talk about how ovaries, you know, we know the ovaries make the egg and they release the egg and it sits in your fallopian tubes. And then if you don't, uh, you know, it doesn't get fertilized, your uterus makes a bed and because it's not being fertilized and it's the egg's not going to attach. It, it releases and now you have your period. We learn all of that. And we're talking about very intimate uh, you know, things about our anatomy. Why are we skipping over the clitoris? Why are we skipping over that it is a pleasure center, that it can bring you pleasure, that this is where it is. Um, because it's all a part of that anatomy. The same they show you a vulva, right? Like you learn what a vulva is, you learn about the, you even might see it on the picture. Like for us, they'll be like this, the clip, these are the things, but they don't talk about what it does. And, and so they just don't want to mention that it could be a pleasure center or that it's bigger on the inside, that it's not just this little button, that it's bulbs and legs and a system of nerves that run through your body, all of these things. And why aren't we talking about that? orgasms just as what they are and what they do they release you know serotonin and dopamine and this is why it can be helpful for your body and this is why this feels good like you can talk about things from a scientific angle that isn't talking about people having sex and you're set and usually they're separating us anyway when they're doing this So, so it's like you can talk about you know what's happening with people's bodies with pleasure i feel like boys get to learn about Nocturnal emissions and what that means, and what hard-ons mean, and that's all associated with pleasure, and it's associated, you know, with ejaculation. And you're talking about that. We don't talk about that for us. So I think you can, the same way that you would talk about STDs and what they do to the body, you can also talk about here are the body parts that are could be pleasurable. These, this is what this looks like in your body. You don't have to show them porn. You don't have to talk about the act of sex. But being real about like, hey, this is your body. This is how you get pregnant. Doesn't matter if you're in love or not. (laughs) You know, you can still have a baby. Like all the things that they kind of gloss over or, you know, kids kind of like hear it and don't hear it. And the thing is, is they're getting this from somewhere else. I was. I was in high school sitting in these classes laughing because we were having sex parties. We were like in high school i we were we were 16 17 like 17 18 maybe probably 15 having sex parties we're going and hanging out making out touching each other like we're doing things now we didn't even have the internet like we had the very beginning of the internet so we were going and watching vhs vhs porn (laughs) at my friend's house and all hanging out and making out and sucking on each other's fingers and toes and like fingering each other and jerking each other off and like doing stuff. And in school, they're like this, don't get an STD, but not really telling you anything else or about pleasure or what it meant. So kids are doing things, whether you want them to or not, it's not a bubble. I mean, they have so much access now. And there's always going to be the kid who goes and tells your kids stuff that you don't want them to know. There's your, your kid may not know anything. Believe me, there's like 20 kids We're going to let them know all the things they don't know.
0: It's crazy. Wait, what high school was this? I have to
1: ask. (laughs) Yeah, I went to Long Island City High School. It was a super (laughs) progressive high school. I mean, we were, we we had a daycare for our, the moms, the teen moms, so they could finish and get their diploma. There was a daycare for their babies. So it wasn't a problem for them to make it to school. We had um, a, our nurse's office was also part of a hospital. So we had like a great nurse who always had condoms and lube and talked to us about things. And you could go in and ask for that stuff. And somebody would really talk to you and explain how to use it. We had a big LGBTQ community and this was in the nineties. This was like 95. I was there 95 to 99. So this was, you know, well before it's time. I, I always say I know it was a gift. I went to a special place where I still have a lot of people in my life. I went to high school with, but we were very lucky. Um, to kind of have access to all these things that even now kids don't have access to. Um, And yet I still didn't, we still didn't learn about the internal clitoris and pleasure and that sex can give you pleasure. Or even, I I say this all the time, if you taught kids about pleasuring themselves, you didn't make it dirty. you like, you're like not taboo. It's like, hey, you're going to get urges. Here's how you can take care of that in the privacy of your own room. Like not, you know, But here's a way. Imagine how much preteen, like teen sex that would curtail. I don't think it'll ever stop it. But I think a lot of like for us, for folks with vulvas, I know I was chasing trying to get that pleasure. I was already masturbating, but we were were given these messages that like men are going to give you the ultimate, like having sex with somebody is going to give you like that ultimate height of pleasure. And then what do we do? We have sex and then it's awful. And, or, you know, I mean, I know some people who had great first times, but my first time I was older, I was 18. I was with a a boyfriend who was older and he was like, are you ready? I was like, yeah, it wasn't even romantic. Like the Smurfs were on. And I remember it being very uncomfortable and I remember him being very into it and him orgasming and then his nose bleeding. And then- (laughs) Yeah. And he thought it was me. Cause he went down on me after he came and he thought it was me and it was him. His nose was bleeding. And I just remember being like, that was an adventure. Is that what I waited for? But it was almost like, okay, well it's over with now. Um, and then just being a young adult and trying to like seek orgasm with other people and not getting there and, and orgasming fine by myself, but not orgasming with other people. and feeling very broken and faking it and not being happy and thinking like something's wrong with me uh, and had somebody taught me in high school, like, Hey, this is how this works. This is what the brain and how things are connected. This is how for some people, like it may not, you know, it may take you a bit. Um, it's not going to just happen. It's different for f- people with vulvas, like just knowing this stuff and knowing that most people, People with vulvas don't orgasm just from penetration alone. Had any of us been told that, how many dicks would we have not?
0: <laughs> no, seriously. It's like these guys don't get it. They think they act like they're God's gift or something. It's like, oh, well, I put my penis in you and I came and you felt good. You, you had an orgasm. It's like, no, that right. is, like not everyone comes through, um, sexual intercourse. Like yeah. I don't, I think maybe three times in my life I've come through, I've had an, um, an orgasm through, uh, sexual intercourse by itself, which is right. really weird. Cause then you, you're right. You kind of think to yourself, wait a second. Yeah. Everyone else like has orgasms that way. Why am I not having that? And it might be, and then people ask, well, how are people I'm like,
1: Hey, it could be happening that, the positions they're in they're rubbing against the internal clitoris that so the combination of how their body is shaped and their partner and the positions they're in so they're getting stimulation that way and they're having an orgasm because orgasms come from the clitoris it's not just coming from the cavity of the vagina you know it's just not how it's working it's because we're brushing against pushing stimulating the inner clitoris and so that's how people are coming or it's like somehow they're stimulating the outer clitoris during sex and you know and even then, I didn't have my first, like, penetration orgasm until I was in my late 30s. Wow. And it was so different from the orgasms that I get clitorally, like, from my outer clitoris. I remember just it happening. My partner's like, you're totally having an orgasm because I can feel it. It feels like it does when you have an orgasm when you're using a toy. And he's like, what does it feel like? I'm like, it feels good, but I can't stop convulsing. Like I was literally convulsing and like, I couldn't stop shaking and it was amazing. And I was like, that, that was, that was an orgasm. (laughs) That was an internal, oh shit. Yeah. And I try to really impress upon people that if sex feels good, enjoy the ride. And you don't always need to have the orgasm during that. And if you want it, then find a way to get it. Like, Sometimes it's my partner because I don't easily come from penetration. Sometimes I'll come before, before he penetrates. Sometimes I'll come after and he'll help me. Like, you know, he asks me what toy I want spring it over. He'll like, do you want to hold it? Do you want me to hold it? Do you, how do you want me to play a part in this? So sometimes I'm like, can you kiss me? Can you rub my tits? Can you put your fingers in while I'm using my fiber here? You can use this dildo. Like he participates in the orgasm. But sometimes I'm so satisfied, even though I didn't have like an orgasm. I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to curl up
0: here and take a nap. Yeah, I'm going to take a nap now from all of that. Right. It's true. It's like it's it's I feel a lot better now that you told me you were in your 30s when you yeah. had that because I was like in my early 40s when that happened. I'm like, wow, it's about freaking time. My God, that's what I was missing all these years. But that's incredible. And you caught you talk about it so openly. And I think what schools really fail to realize, okay, yeah, let's educate everyone about the different genders that are out there. But most importantly, let's educate everyone about your bodies. It's like, they don't want you to have pleasurable sex because they think you're going to keep doing it over and over and over and get knocked up. And it's not always like that.
1: No. well, And I think also it's teaching people about pleasure leads to conversations also leads to people like, why am I seeking, the? am I seeking this out? Because I'm seeking the pleasure. And could I do this alone? Like, do I need, do I need it to get it from this person? Or could I do it alone? But also like, oh, on top of teaching the pleasure, still teach the safety, still teach about protection and, and teen pregnancy and STDs. Don't make that the center of everything. And I think that's part of what happens is kids kind of lose respect for you that, that you're only teaching them about like the gross part of stuff, but you're not, you're glossing over sex or you're going here, but here's the body. And you're going to completely like not talk about erogenous zones. Like those are all scientific things that it's like, this is where you might derive pleasure. It might work for you. It might not work for someone else, but telling people these things so they don't feel weird. They don't feel broken. And I think knowing that stuff, is helpful. I mean, I know that because I was masturbating, I didn't have penetrative sex until I was like 18 because I was like, ah, I can, I'm good. I can like make out and then like go finish myself off. And I, it didn't feel right. And then with that person, like I trusted him and it was more of like, you know, I trust you. And, you know, I thought I loved him. And I was like, yeah. And we used, we used protection and it was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm all good when I did that. And then as an adult, Chasing it was still just trying to get the elusive internal orgasm, whereas somebody would have said, hey, I think the moment I found out that that's not a normal way that women come was the most eye opening moment for me and the most freeing because I stopped trying and I started like, well, what makes me come I love clitoral, like external clitoral stimulation and I need a lot of it. And I bought a magic wand and I started, and I was like, also I get really in my head and sometimes it's hard for me to turn my brain off, but you know, it helps porn. I love watching porn because it like takes my, I can't think about anything else because I'm looking at the sexy things that are happening. And so it really took me on this journey of like, when I'm having sex with a partner, like having porn on, having like a toy at hand, And I stopped having to like lay there and just hope I'm going to have an internal orgasm. And I took the reins and I'm like, I'm having an orgasm one way or another because I want to tonight. And it's either going to be before, after, sometimes during, while I'm using a toy, like I'm going to make it work. But that was so freeing to like take away that shame and the guilt and the what's wrong with me. And like, oh no, I'm like everybody else. And I'm just trying to figure out the puzzle.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I totally get that. And what was the age that you had your first girl-on-girl encounter? And am I just assuming this? or? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, high
1: school. It was high school. I had a girlfriend in high school.
0: Yeah. Oh, how old were you? We were 15. Oh, wow. Okay, and that was in Queens, Going right? To- Long Island City? Yeah, hmm yes. It's- a lot
1: of us had the same first girlfriend.
0: That's
1: so cool. <laughs> it was crazy. like, yeah. She recently uh, it passed and uh, it was, we were at the wake and her brother made this joke and he was like, a lot of you love Jasmine and a lot of, and for a lot of you, Jasmine was your first girl. And we we're all laughing because it was true. It was like, you know, I mean, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. And it was, I had a good time. Like I was lucky to have some amazing experiences really young with people that I trust that didn't turn out bad. And I don't think a lot of kids can say that. And I think, you know, when I talk about these things, I'm like, listen, I was a good kid. You know, this sounds like I was a deviant, but I was student body president and I was an honor student and I, you know, like made really good grades and I was in plays. Like I was a yeah. in student government, like I was a big, all the things you think of like, you're a good kid. And then I was going to hang out with friends and like do sexy things because it was fun and it felt good and it was like exploration. Um, so it's like, you know, it's it's not even about being devious or, you know, a bad kid or deviant. It's just about learning about who we are and that, that shouldn't start like when you get to college. And even some people feel like college is in the right place. I'm like, when are you supposed to start learning about yourself? when you're like 25 like I don't I don't know <laughs> or 30 or 30 it's like no I can look back and say like I've had this life journey of learning about sex and and discovering myself and I do think I took time as a younger person because I knew besides what I was learning in school I did know like kind of what I wanted and that I didn't need to like go off and have sex with all these people. Cause I also like had a mom who was a teen mom. So I didn't want to be, that was my number one goal to not get pregnant. Like I did not want to get pregnant in high school. I did not want to be a teen mom. Um, that was just not the, like, I saw. So I, I see the life we live and it's not always the greatest. And she had, you know, was struggling and, um, got her GED when I was in elementary school and was like in college in tandem with me being in high school and I was helping her with her homework and stuff. So I didn't want that. Like, it was like, yes, my mom's doing an amazing job, but I don't want this life. Like I I don't want to have to worry about that as I, you know, get older. So it made me pause and think also all the girls, there were, there were a few girls who had babies already and seeing them have to take care of an infant and, you know, like those those children are now like
0: twenty something. are like in their that's early. Days. Wild, like being in high school tandem while moms in college. that's definitely yeah. a different way to grow up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, and I think like nowadays in high schools, um, I don't know. I just get this mixed vibe that people they don't really talk about uh, like sex as much, or I don't think they're as open because you had this whole era where there's like the Me Too then you have this whole thing of like, where is the line drawn between sexual harassment when being inappropriate? And it's just such a fine line that I think, you know, young guys are just really scared. They're kind of like castrated in a way to speak to girls, which is kind of sad in a way. I mean, I still think it's happening. I still think people are, uh,
1: you know, I still think people are doing things and and like I said, kids will find a way I've, I've done some speaking at, schools oh. where i've done like q a for teens um and they ask the wildest shit like i i go in like i have to be tame and i'm not gonna you know you know i kind of pull back and they're asking all these questions they're like do people really come from feet uh you know do um, double penetration like is it real like they're asking these questions and and they want you to explain things and they're like listen I'm not even being funny. I want you to answer this question. Yeah. Oh, I've gotten it like, well, where's it going when it's DP? And I'm like, is this double? You're asking me about double penetration. You're like, yeah. And they'll say, yep, that was my question. So I'm I'm like, when it's in, like, won't it tear? And this is like, no, you stretchy. Like, you know, the mucous membranes are very flexible, especially when you're warm. But like, I'm, I'm having... I'm um, more scientific about the body. Like I'm not trying to get yeah. into it. Like, That's just how you do it. But I'm like, oh, this is how bodies work. And this is why And they're like, well, why do people do it. And I'm like, oh, because you can feel everything. Because the wall between your vaginal canal and your anal canal are very thin. And they're like, oh. And so you can have a conversation without talking about yourself, your personal self, telling them how to do it. But you're like, I'm going to explain to you because... I want you to understand what's going on and I want you to not go do weird shit. Like I don't, there were adults putting weird things inside their bodies to have orgasms. Yeah. (laughs) A man come in and he had been using a hair clipper. A what? A hair clipper. Because when you turn it on, it vibrates. Oh my God. the, The non clipper side, he had been putting up his butt and because he was ashamed. And like, I remember he called the shop. He was very quiet on the phone he, he was like, when would be a good time when nobody's there? And he was, I remember him coming in and every time somebody would come in, he'd stop talking and he'd like, like kind of look away until they would leave. And he was like, you help them. And then when they would leave, he would come back. And I just remember feeling so like heartbroken that he felt so ashamed and was doing things to like putting things in his body that were not safe. All because he had all the shame, and I remember helping him pick something out, and I was just like, "Please, if you ever have questions, please call me. Come back. Like, don't feel like you you can talk to us. You can just call. You don't have to come into the store to ask us questions." And that was a grown man, like that was, and it was a man, you know. So there are men out there who are feeling shame about their bodies. And they're, because, you know, it's like, Oh, you're gay. If you like butt stuff, he kept asking me that he's like, am I gay? Because I like, I'm like, no, honey, you have a prostate. It feels good. Like it's not about being gay. I'm like, sexual acts don't make you gay. (laughs) It's, you know, it's about what you feel in your heart. And if you feel like you're straight and you, you love women, then and you're not interested in men sexually, then no, you're not gay. Liking things in your butt doesn't make you gay. It means you just like things in your butt. And I said that to him so many times and just, I still think about him to this day because he never came back and I think about him all the time. I I wonder, I hope that he stopped putting things up his butt that didn't belong there. And I hope that he, you know, felt inspired to buy more toys than what he had bought that day. But there's a lot of people walking around hurting and because they didn't learn proper sex ed um, because nobody told them this is a pleasure space and has nothing to do with your sexuality you know, really simple, straightforward. Like we can have these conversations and it's like, listen, this is where you get pleasure from your body. These are all the pleasure points. None of that decides your sexuality. None, none of that decides who you love. Um, it's just about how your body works and how bodies work. And I, that that's why I like love that this show without keep doing what I'm doing because every time I feel like I've been saying the same thing and I'm like, nobody cares anymore. Like they've heard me say it. I meet 20 new people who've never heard what I'm talking about and are still like, I I don't know where to go. I mean, people are emailing me now, like where should I go shopping? And I'm like, where, what city do you live in? And they live near some of the greatest sex shops, Uh the most progressive educational based sex shops And I'm like, you've never, and you never thought, and they're like, pass by it all the time. And I never wanted to go in. And I, and I felt weird about going in like, oh my God, it would be a great place for you. And you can talk to them and ask them questions and they'll help you. Like, like they know what I know, like they're going to help you. They're not just going to sell things to you. They're going to help you like find stuff for yourself. It's kind of embarrassing though. I mean, I don't know. It can be, it can, it can be very embarrassing, but at the same time, it's like, if you need it, that's what we're trained for, right? So most sex shops, I won't say all, some of the, you know, old school ones, they don't, they're not trained in the same way. They don't have, they're not doing sex ed. They're kind of trained to like tell you about the product and they don't know a lot of stuff about your body. But when you go into like a progressive shop, especially like the women-owned small shops, we're trained and ready to talk to you. We want to, I have to ask you questions. You know, like when people are buying a vibe, I'm like, okay. <laughs> What kind of sensation do you like? Do you know how you like the orgasm? Have you do you like having something inside? Do you want something for outside? Which how do you normally masturbate? Is, is this for masturbation? Is this for a partner? Is this for multiple partners? You're like, is this, do I need to get you something you can sterilize or can I, I can tell you how to sterilize if it's not? It's I have to have these TMI kind of questions to help you buy the thing that you need right because it's you go by a fridge you got to know how big the space is it's fitting in right you got to know uh which way you can open the door uh how tall there's there's you know do you have the right outlet for it those are all things you would think about so you have to think about your body like that too is can this fit inside me am i you know i'm narrow i know what can't fit inside me so i don't when i go by things i'm like oh no
0: <laughs> That's
1: the <laughs> be <a> good <laughs> yeah but a people will come in and they're like i've never put anything in my butt and they'll pick up something as big as this cup and oh they'll my go, i like this and i'm like you've you've never
0: put anything in your butt not even a finger put that down <laughs> yeah. it's like what universe do you live in I'm, I'm just still shocked that you have kids that might actually want to try dp i mean they've been wa- they've been watching like a lot of or people they've just have, heard about it, right? Or somebody talked about it, or they might have yeah. seen something
1: it and it not. wasn't explained, right? Because, like in the documentary, Erica says, you know, porn is entertainment. And, but when you're not given proper sex ed, like mm-hmm. I can watch porn and I know what's happening and I you understand know. all the things. I also know that, like, like you said, it's, It's a magic show. It's not real. I also know porn stars are, y'all are fucking athletic. (laughs) Like y'all, it's like the Olympics of sex. I cannot do, I can't get in those positions. (laughs) And so I know those things going in and my expectations are set for being entertained and turned on. But when you have young people who aren't given information and this is where they're getting their (laughs) sex, they have, they're like, I'm supposed to be able to do this. I'm like my body, I'm supposed to, what is that? Or somebody's just mentioning it and they're just not getting, nobody will answer the questions, right? That's, that's the other part Is none of the adults in their life. They either can't ask them or they wouldn't answer if they did. And so we don't have anybody to talk to. Of course, those are the questions. And I don't, I don't think that was that that person was going to go do DP, (laughs) but I think it was like, she probably saw something. And I was like, how does that work? And nobody had nobody to explain it. You know, nobody to like say, this is what's going on when, when, when you have, you know, when you're using both holes,
0: <laughs> you know, what's oh, going for on. For her sake, I hope she doesn't try it. I mean, that is, <laughs> yeah. Not Until good. she's like, yeah, it's a lot. And I'm like, you got a lot of
1: place to be. And I try to make that clear too. I'm like, listen, these are all things that like in the course of your life, if you want to explore, do it. But I'm like, get your basics down. Like, let's not go. Y'all are in fetishes. And I I don't want to discount, like, there are a lot of queer youth, a lot of kinky queer youth, a lot of kinky youth. And I've spoken to youth groups and I'm like, I don't want to take away your, who am I to say you're not kinky or you don't know what you're doing. The thing is, is you need to be educated and you need to know, you know, about bodies and how things work so that you're not just doing stuff and hurting each other. And when I, I like, not, you know, or harming each other because you might like to hurt each other, but you don't want to harm each other. So having these spaces where kids can come in um, and talk to somebody or even like there's scarletine. I'm always passing out scarletine to parents because it's a great site. It's very straightforward. It's very team focused in talking about sex. Like it tries to talk to them in a in a way that's like being honest without it being salacious. Um, but I, I point adults there too, because if you've not gotten... Adequate sex ed. It's a great place to like. You go type in a question, and it pop up with all the articles about it. And I'm sure there's something on DP there. So I told I was like, after I leave every class, I'm like, hey, Scarletine is amazing. I'm not always, you know, you know, you can't wait for me to come back, but there you can go ask questions. There's usually a live person you can talk to. And this, so there, and it's an adult, and it's run by a sex educator. So it's like people who are here to help you. Because otherwise you're gonna get kids who are just hurt themselves or ending up in weird, you know, situations. Or do you remember that movie? Um, was it Saved with Mandy Moore? And the she played a super Christian girl. There was like a Christian school, and the yeah. main character, right, she was like, oh uh like she was trying to help her friend because he was mm-hmm. gay, that if they had sex, he wouldn't be gay. Yeah, Cause that's what they had been kind of quasi taught. And that if she said, boy, I don't love you, so I can't get pregnant. And she got pregnant and it was a whole thing. And so she ends up, and it was like, but people look at that. And that's from what the nineties, the late nineties, early mm-hmm. 2000s. But that's how people think like that is, there is a whole, there are a whole slew of people. There are a whole slew of teens who are going to Christian schools and things, and kind of having these weird thoughts about like, I can't get pregnant because <laughs> X Y Z, um, or you know, it, the the running joke, but that's also true is that anal sex is fine; it doesn't count because Jesus didn't mention it. You know, you can't get pregnant that way, so it's my fi- anal sex is fine. So it's always the Catholic schoolgirl joke of like they'll do anal because they're saving their vaginas for their husbands, but that is true. Like I remember. I, and I've had friends who are like, yep, yep. Went to Catholic school. Yep. That's exactly how people think. That's
0: yeah. Gary, like, you know, I went, I remember the movie, but I just don't, I just wish that more schools would teach this sort of um sex education that we're talking right. about today. I think they focus on so many other narratives and issues. Okay, great. But the thing is this needs to come up first. So then people yes. could decide who they want to be, what they want to be, where they want to go. Cause even at like, 10 or 11 or 12 you could decide maybe you want to be cisgender or maybe you want to be um you might want to transition but you're so young like you don't even have enough knowledge at that point in your life Mm -hmm. with things i i i don't know if they should teach it to kids at a younger age i'm not sure but i think this is the type of uh sex education people need to um to have at different ages and i would even the show yeah kids should actually watch the show i think it's a fluid thing too right so like when you're
1: younger and that's the problem people think all sex ed is like you're teaching them how to have sex it's like no sex ed is when you teach your young young child their actual body parts Mm -hmm. which has been proven to help stop child molestation because what happens is when you teach your child nicknames for their body parts and then you have somebody come in who doesn't mean that means them harm and is going to hurt them. And they're, you know, if you tell them that's your no, no or you get like, don't touch this. but This person goes, oh, that's not that. This is a penis or this is a whatever. And it's okay. Their brains don't compute like that. So teaching them the actual names of all of their body parts, um, this amazing sex educator, Dr. Lex made a, this, a book called this, this is my, these are my fingers. This is, these are my toes. This is my vulva. This is my nose. And it's just like, it's a body part. Teach them the real names for things so that they can talk to you if something happens so that they're not confused if something happens. I, that happened to me when I was a kid and I was confused and I was scared and I was told it was bad. And so because I was told it was bad, that person who hurt me told me, if you tell people you're going to get in trouble and I believed it. And so I didn't say anything for a very long time. And I was very young the first time it happened. And so it was like, you know, because no one said like, hey, this is your body and it's natural to touch it, but only you should be touching it. And this is not okay touch. You know, if I had that language, if I had been you know told, like, if somebody touches you, say something, you won't get in trouble. It would be a different story. And so that's sex ed, taking care of our kids and saying, learn your body parts. This is what good touch is. This is bad touch. These are like, I'm, as a parent, like, Oh, I'm washing you and this is okay, but a stranger should not be doing this or they shouldn't be touching that. That's all sex ed. And so people hear the word sex and they're like, Oh, and I'm like, no, it's taking care of our kids. And when you, as they get older, it sex, ed is teaching you about reproduction, but it should be also teaching us about pleasure And then as we move into our teen years, it should be more about like, hey, you might be thinking about having sex. I mean, here's all the things. So here's how your body works. Here's, you know, ejaculation, all this stuff. This is going to talk to you more about pleasure, but also how you could like take care of yourself. And because teen pregnancy and STDs and the safest way is to not do anything, but we won't expect you. It's like not expecting kids to do that, but give them the options to make decisions. And we, when you take that away, they're still going to make decisions and they're not going to be healthy and they're not going to be good. And I, so I, that, I think it's like, we can stretch this out and it doesn't have to be this big gob of a, you know, we're adults. So we're getting this big documentary that we have the capability to like parse a piece apart and parse out and like think about. But we, if we started this really young, like I have nieces and nephews and I'm already, I've given, you know, them their moms like, The book about body parts and like when people ask me, I'm like, you should be talking to your kids about like at least the right names for their body parts. You should be getting them ready. Um, My partner's kiddo when she's heading into puberty and like her doctor was like, oh, you're getting breast buds and like this is happening to your body. She wanted to talk about it. So we talked about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. So we had a whole great talk about her period and what that looks like and, you know, like, you know, what it was like for me. And we told her stories from when I was like, oh, this was what it was like for me when I got my period. I had to go to the nurse and she gave me underwear that was that was from her. Like, you've messed up your pants, underwear closet and like some pants from somebody else that
0: weren't my pants. Oh man. And don't forget, Cameron was the thing back then,
1: I think. (laughs) Yeah. But now she has like a little kit that she started carrying because it was like any day now you're going to get your period. And I was like, oh my God, the life that you lead that's so much different than mine and how you get to exist in this world and feel confident and not have your parents shame your body. And like, you know, it was like a conversation of like, oh, and we think it's time for a training bra or you have to wear t-shirts because just your nipples are poking through. She goes to a private school. So it's like they have dress code and stuff. And, yeah. and she's like, okay, I think I want a training bra. And it wasn't embarrassing. It was like, yeah, okay. That's it's a new piece of clothing I have to get. Um, then she was excited because she got to go like buy different things and patterns and stuff. And, you know, it's not sexualizing her. It's like your body's changing. Here's how, here's some things that's got to change along with it. And now she's a little bit older and she's already thinking about sexuality. And she's like, I think I'm pansexual. She has not had sex. She's just read about it. And she's like, yeah, okay. And it's like, all right. And I'm like, and that might change. I'm like, don't, you know, you might get older and not feel that way anymore. And that's fine. That label might change. But having those conversations and not turning everything into like, oh, it's sex. And it's like, no, she's learning about herself. And she's going to have her head be in a much better place when she's older than if they told her, shut up, sit down, don't talk about this. Right. This is dirty. This is wrong. It just drives kids underground into doing things. Instead, you get a kid who's like openly talking to her parents about things.
0: Yeah, that's so much more healthy. Maybe that's why people don't do it because it's actually a healthy constructive way to do things but like what do we know right everybody's (laughs) embarrassed you know that's what it is too it's like parents are embarrassed parents don't want to talk
1: and we hand it down right like it's our parents were embarrassed so we're embarrassed and like even i everybody's like, oh you're gonna be the one to talk to my kids i'm like i'm fine with that let's do it i'm ready (laughs) i'm ready let's get them in a room and you know i'm like because i don't have I don't have shame about these things. I'm not, I don't feel awkward about it because I'm not, I'm not talking to them. Like I'm not telling them this is how you have sex. I'm like, here's your body. Learn about your body. Here's the things. Don't wait until you're 30 to go get come as you are and read that book and then go, I didn't know any of this about my body. You know, don't, don't be that. We don't have to keep perpetuating that we can go, Hey, start learning at your body about your body now. And learning, and then once you start getting into that area where you want to seek pleasure, you can do it without feeling so ashamed or lost. You know, you can like go and ask questions, and I love a for. I've had parents come by yeah. and buy their kids first vibrator. They're like, "My daughter, I think she's masturbating." I had a mom. She wrote me an, an email, and she's like, "I think my daughter's masturbating. I think she's masturbating with her toothbrush. I do not want oh. her to do." Ouch. right with the electric toothbrush yeah oh my god I, she was like what could i get for her i wanted to be really simple and kind of discreet and i like sent her some choices i was like here's some stuff real discreet like real like not you know small she can put it away and and i'm like here's some lube stuff just in case you want to get that for her it's really good for it's gentle on the skin and she's like okay thank you i'm gonna like buy this and i'm gonna put it in her room with a little note that says, like, we don't have to talk about it, but, I, you know, this is for you. And if you want to, you know, ask me some questions, you can. And I was like, great. Perfect. That's like,
0: perfect. Yeah. 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 Be Especially, be like, that. you don't have to talk about it unless you, you want to. And that's, like, giving yeah. the kid the option whether they want to talk about it or not. Yeah. But it's it lets serious. them, it also
1: shows them that you are open to it. You're not going to shame them about it. You're participating in them growing up. You know, it's like our parents are our, our parents buy us pads and tampons and all these things that are for a very intimate part of our body. So, what's the difference of buying your your kid a you know a vibrator? I know that can be weird because it's thinking about sex, but again, it's thinking about your kid pleasuring themselves safely and not hurting themselves. Because believe me, they're gonna do weird. Sh- they're gonna do weird shit. We all Kids, do weird I-, I was humping. I humped. I humped until I was. I humped until I was like 20. You were humping? I humped. I did. I oh humped my God. balls. I had a doll. That oh, my like, God. That's how I masturbated oh. until I was 20. I didn't use my fingers. Oh. I humped. So, and then when I started, and then I went and bought my first vibrator. And it was horrible. It took C batteries, and it was silver, and the paint, the paint was flaking off oh. after a month. And it was like the worst toy. But I moved from humping right to a vibrator and I didn't start, I didn't use my fingers until I was in my mid twenties. Like, you know, there were, there were so many things that like, now I'm like, Oh, there's so many steps (laughs) that I I didn't explore or, you know, I wasn't using lube and I, you know, there's just all these things that I'm like, I could have been having a better solo time with myself. Had I known a little bit more and that's all I want. Like, you know, and if you don't want to talk to your kids, there are people who want to help along the way and parents can play a part and like review the curriculum ask them what's in it sit down and and ask like what is being taught and how it's being taught stop equating pleasure with that your child's being given sexual instruction that's not the same thing you know but like really be real about it and and realize that like look at your life and were you okay and how long and what were all the things that you had to learn the hard way and don't you want to make it easier for them? And I think that's the end of the day. Like you want, we want our kids and the kids we love to have like an easier time than we did. So, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're very lucky, especially going to a very progressive high school, which is cool. And where's the store if people actually want to come in and buy stuff from you directly.
1: We are in Williamsburg. We are on the corner of North 6th and Roebling. Okay. Um, seven days a week, unless it's a major holiday. And I'm there most of the time on Sundays. Um, But unless I'm like covering someone, but we have a great staff. Everybody's really knowledgeable. We can tell you things that aren't just on the backs of the boxes. We talk about bodies and like how things work and you can come in. And, and like I said, I've had everybody from 18 year olds who bound in because it's, they're able to come finally come into the store to like 80 year old women who are finally seeking an orgasm uh, widows whose partner died and they, and they had a great marriage and a lot of pleasure, but now they're like, I never really masturbated. So I want to learn how, you know, what? we get the gamut. We get a lot of, we get survivors, people who, you know, gone through sexual assault and who are rediscovering their bodies. And I'm always honored that they choose to come to us and trust us with helping them choose and give and create a safe space for them Um, So yeah, it's like sex shops get a bad rap. We are very much so community centers and we care about our communities and the people that are in them. And we want to just take care of people and make sure that they're getting as much pleasure out of life as they possibly can.
0: And also the sugar daddies come in there with the babies, right? They do some well, you know, it's sometimes they come
1: alone with a list, which I think is cute because oh. they've gotten a list and like she then they'll have pictures and they'll go, Do you have this? Or she specifically wants this or this. Sometimes I like when they come in together and they try to pretend like they're not
0: <laughs> they're not. It's so like obvious. My god, it's New York right. City. Like, like, what you I'm expect? Olive's like, is that your dad
1: or your daddy? Because you've called him dad and they're like,
0: yes, my name. It's but my dad. Like, oh. D-A-D-D-I-E with lots yeah. of paper in it too. Yeah. Donna, <laughs> this is crazy. So people want to actually book you possibly to come in and speak. Where can they yeah. find out like all your links and so forth? The oh, yeah.
1: DirtyLola.co. And through there, you can send me like a request. And uh, my email is there and everything. You can send me a request through my website. Um, and for booking for, I do, Lots of things. I do workshops. I've done bachelor parties. I did a baby shower one time. I did a blowjob class at a baby shower, which was hilarious. Um, Everybody was horrified. And the mom to be had booked me and she's like, I thought they would like it. <laughs> it's a baby shower. The baby it was a great shower. Hour. Yeah, yeah like we're
0: doing a, having a conversation. Show up. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Man. We just we ended up having a really good conversation about sex. So we, 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 uh, we saved the night. But yeah,
0: I do events.
1: Um, I've done like the gamut of, I've done spanking booths at events. I've, you know, um, which is also just a whole other area that makes my heart oh, yeah. sing. Yeah. Just cause people will come up to you and they're like, my, f- I get a lot of my friend wants to spank when she's, or he, or they are nervous and I'm like, Oh, come over. I've had somebody, I spanked and then they came back to me at another event where I was doing a thing. And they're like, can I hug you? Like I've gotten into pro doming because I loved what you did so much and it opened up my brain. And I realized like, I would love to do what you do, but also like, I really, it was like a whole thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, are you serious? And I get people who cry like happy tears because they, they found something they like where they've been seeking it out. And it's, it's a whole thing. And even when you're just having fun, people are having life-changing moments in spaces. So I love those are some of my favorite things to do, but Send me a request. I don't, you know, if I can, if it fits my area, which is very broad, I'll say yes.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's good. So you should say yes to almost anything. Well, yeah, almost it, anything. And almost don't it. forget to visit her at Shag in Williamsburg. <laughs> it sounds like so cool. I've got to. I've got to stop by there now. But um, right. thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I will. Me- I will see you soon. Yes, amazing.
1: <laughs>